greatest now looking like somebody made it now i know they hate it now and i'm on welcome back ladies and gentlemen i apologize firsthand for not having a ball and barrel episode last week i was just telling our guests that i'll introduce here for a moment that i was syncing up tracks and unfortunately i had actually deleted the entire episode massive l for me but then again there is no blueprint to this so we live and learn and we can when we grow together but don't worry about that we're back again and when i say we because i'm very excited about having this special guest on his name is shane wharf this is a guy i grew up with as you can kind of see the theme is just coming with this man is just as dialed in as I am, if not a little bit more. He's a huge uh, analysis nerd. He may not be too much within the actual uh, the business aspect, but he's really all about like the team building and a little bit of the transactional moves. So Shane, welcome yourself in. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And I got to know, are you, uh, you, you sipping on any bourbon like I am? I appreciate you having me, Mr. Meadows. As Dylan said, my name is Shane. Mr. Meadows. Mr. Meadows. <laughs> What? I, yeah, I, I am not partaking in the bourbon. I do have a little something in the cup. Um, I'm a little bit of a ranch water guy myself. But um, yeah, as Dylan said, yeah, he and I go back probably a little bit further than a broken recliner. Um, I mean, we grew up playing baseball together. Uh, we played football together. We played basketball together. Um, we don't live as close to each other as we'd like, but I, we talk on a regular basis. Dylan and I actually are co-commissioners in the same fantasy football league um which you know we don't have to talk about last week if you don't want to but can we not please at all <laughs> this is good vibes only okay we we don't need to get in off a bad start because i don't need to pour another glass already within less than three minutes into the pod so let's just move this along shane for those who don't know shane, shane just won in fantasy we'll, we'll just we'll just break the ice there who won we won't say how we won't say what happened we'll just say shane won Let's let's move on. We we all know that I, I karma is a you know what. So uh, shortly after that, I lost Javante Williams for the season. I lost my fantasy baseball championship by two points on the last day. Um, and nice uh, pick so far tonight with streaming Naheem Hines. That seems to be paying off for me, not so well. So uh, let me step off the podium. That ranch water sounds really good right now, Shane, and a very aristocrat move that they're here. Yeah, uh, cheers to you, uh, sir. Good to have you on. I appreciate you having me, brother. I'm sipping on a little uh, Blade and Bow, so you know the little, um, uh, it's pretty cool. So they got a little key that just kind of like hangs off of the bottle. It's uh, it's a pretty like unique little story, but we won't need to get into that. So... Shane, we have a lot to talk about. I sent you the talking points, and it just seems as though we were just adding more just because of just so much storylines that are happening within college football right now, both on and off the field, and also with just a little bit of the uh, the moving trains behind the scenes as well. But the first thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, I saw this yesterday, and I immediately just wanted to kind of, like, I was just, even when I was um, kind of getting a little bit of together what I wanted to talk to you about. So the very first thing that I saw is... So it seems as though, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It seems 10 out of the top 25 teams in the top preseason are no longer even ranked. And I wanted to ask you, with the transfer portal and with so much coach, coaching movement, and I guess now with these new teams emerging, 
Do you think preseason rankings just really even matter? Or is that something that we just really still yearn for just so we can get a little bit of an idea of what our team is supposed to be? I think it matters a lot, actually. I, I think that, you know, the hype that comes with preseason rankings is exactly, you know, what gets all of us talking trash before the first kickoff. Um, and I'm glad you talked about the transfer portal. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine last night, actually, and he brought up a good point. Um, I think the transfer portal has a lot to do with why that's not so consistent as it might have been in years past. You got to think about it. With this transfer portal and the NIL deals, you know, turning out the way they are, you got a lot of guys who they just don't want to be second fiddle on a bigger team. So, uh, you know, those rankings being what they are, it's because you have a lot of teams that are your upset teams who feature guys who transferred. So when it comes to upsets, I think as time goes on, we're not going to have so many situations where, yeah, we still might call it an upset, but, you know, the reason for so much inconsistency in the rankings and preseason rankings not being, you know, what they are anymore is because of the transfer portal. You, you have so much talent that just rightfully chooses not to sit on the bench. They would rather, you know, go to a Appalachian state. They would rather go to, you know, Missouri. I understand Missouri is still sec, but it's, you know, let's be honest. It's, it's not a top tier team in the sec. So uh, I, I really do think that it absolutely matters. Um, we have to have those preseason rankings to, you know, evaluate exactly what we're evaluating right now. But I most definitely think that the transfer portal is a main reason why it is so inconsistent with the rankings right now. Well, Shane, it evens things out. It's just like you said, like with uh, with those players that uh, either lost their job just because there's even better players, you know, they just instantly have what our good friend Zach broke on this podcast. Like now they actually have transfer windows. So even if you were to transfer, you have to wait, I believe, until uh, I think November or December. It's one of those little time windows, but you actually have to wait some time before you actually make that decision. But I just think it evens just mostly just everything out. That's just the good side with the transfer portal. The bad side is, okay, you have a team like uh, Pittsburgh or a um, or Georgia Tech, you know, in your backyard that has a great player, you know, the best player on your team, arguably, and then transfers to a bigger program. That's the that's the downside of it as well. So that's why I think that it actually doesn't matter because Shane, listen to this. So you had a preseason preseason ranking of Notre Dame at five, Texas A&M at seven, Oklahoma at nine, Baylor at ten, Michigan State at fifteen, Miami, who I'm. Still a huge believer in just because of just the recruiting aspect and even just I haven't fallen off the Mario train just yet. By the way, that Super Mario, uh, that Super Mario trailer today with Chris Pratt it looked pretty fire too. But anyway, we won't talk about that. But um, uh, Arkansas at seventeen, Wisconsin eighteen, Pittsburgh nineteen, and Houston at twenty four. Like, bro, all of those teams, we can sit here and have a whole podcast about what went wrong with every single one of those. But then again, you have teams like your beloved Tennessee, Justin's beloved Penn State, Kentucky's fun, Wake Forest is fun, TCU and Kansas we'll talk about here in a little bit, UCLA we'll talk about, uh, bro, Syracuse. Is Syracuse <laughs> – Serious question. Serious question. Serious question, Shane. Is, is Syracuse possibly the third or fourth best team in the ACC? Not, not jokingly. Like that's. I mean, it, 
they're rolling right now, and it's they, it's incredible. I mean, they have to be top four. I mean, they have to be, which th- that's that's a fun environment. They're you know they're set up that they have at home. It's just a lot of fun. That's different, and you know we'll get into it a little bit later. But shout out to the the basketball schools. I'm year. telling you, it's great, man. It really, yeah. yeah. Kansas when when Kansas and Duke played, it was great. You know, UCLA's undefeated. Um, just Kansas, yeah. Baby. Kansas, baby. I can't wait to talk about that. But um, before we get into that, we're also going to talk a little bit about, okay, like not only does the preseason rankings really just kind of uh, variate, or I guess, you know, tell a story in a way. What also tells a story are these early coaching changes. So I was just sitting here thinking like the certain coaching jobs that have now become available. The top two I can think of just within I rank one and two would be Wisconsin and Nebraska. And then three right now would be back in your backyard in Georgia Tech, simply just because if it's closer to the Atlanta area and just, you know, Georgia's a recruiting hotbed. And then last but not least uh, at four is um, uh, Herm Edwards' job in uh, Arizona State, just because it's, hey, it's Arizona State. You know, it's, 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 let's address the elephant in the room. It's a party school. It's <laughs> I, I agree with those. I agree with those rankings too. Like the the, the importance in which you listed them out. Um, it's, it, I mean, for me, it is a little wild. Um, I, I feel like we're. Uh, Are you a fan of the early coaching change? Uh, I guess is what the question I'm you know dancing around with is. I'm I'm not. I, I don't like it in college. Um, I feel like NFL maybe. Uh, college, I don't like it. I, I don't like it happening this early. Um, I think that you, I think you hurt yourself a lot with recruiting. Um, but I will say that it has its pros and cons. But for me, the pros do not outweigh the cons when you make a decision like that. Because yes, you that head coach who was recruiting some of these guys, you know, he's gone. But you haven't officially announced who the permanent replacement is going to be. So r- recruiting stops. Um, now you have uh, stepdad coach um, answering the door for these recruiting visits. It's it's just strange. Um, I will say with them, you know, the one that bummed me out the most was probably Scott Frost. Uh, but mm-hmm. we're a Scott Frost loving pod. We we mean at least at Ball and Barrel, we 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 love ourselves some Scott Frost. I hated it. I didn't want to address it. I had to. But hey, what was nice is that I don't know if you heard, but he. They actually did him a little bit of a favor. So if they would have waited a few more weeks, that fifteen million dollar buyout actually goes to seven and a half million. But please, please continue. <laughs> it just you don't that story rarely plays out the way you want it to. You know that it's him going there had as much pressure on it as Heupel would have had going to Oklahoma. Um, and I pray, yeah. dear Lord, please never let this happen. Um, but it, it's tough. It'd be different if you were coming back to an Oklahoma situation where they've had a ton of success over the last couple of years, but Nebraska has been, you know, thirsty for at least some sort of, I'm not going to say they haven't been relevant, but no, screw it. They haven't been relevant for a minute. Um, I mean, we're talking. But yeah, you, so they make you, the bowl games, sure, but not. 
not to the caliber that program used to be. You know, when Scott Frost was there, it's just. But, but you're kind of you're getting to the point that I like what you're kind of like getting to. It's the resources that they have, like the fan base, like they are loyal as hell. And obviously you showed that, you know, they're willing to travel cross country just to see you lose. And, you know, just even just when the just, you know, the dedication that they have in now, Shane, they're, you know, that Big Ten money is really going to start coming in and again like like you said like nebraska like it's it it's just my only thing with nebraska is like how, how who are you going to really recruit like are you going to get the the tier three <laughs> prospects of not only just texas but oklahoma as well the ones that oklahoma and texas just don't have room for you just kind of just scrap all of those but you know we don't really we don't really need to get into the recruiting aspects of nebraska but i definitely see what you're saying but see I, i'm actually going against the grain I'm a fan of it, and I re- here are the reasons that I wrote down. Of course you are. <laughs> See, that's what Rob and Justin said. They were just like, oh, Mr. Corporate America is in favor of cutthroat tactics. It's You're, you're fired. <laughs> it, I mean, Shane, it, it is a black and white game. It is a production business, and so here's why. I th- here's why I'm a fan of it. Just me personally. You've already kind of alluded to one of it with recruiting. So recruiting can go within a great way and a negative way with an early co- coaching change. So one of that that kind of ties into it is the early signing period. You know, back when you and I were growing up, we used to love um, you know talking with our friends on you know I believe it was either like the second or the third day of uh, February where you know it's National Signing Day. Everyone's just so anticipated with all these youngsters coming into the program. Well, that's kind of died down now. You know, pretty much signing day is in December where the early signing period is. So even as programs are still playing and even getting set up for the bowl games or even possibly the college football playoff berth. The programs are getting better behind the scenes with all these, you know, these youngsters coming in already and being enrolled and even starting to take even uh, spring classes as well. So I'm a fan of it because it gets that a little bit more of a selling point to where you can at least sell to those recruits kind of what you're saying, you know, the, the ones that are wanting to get away. It's like, all right, well, we're making this change early. Here's who we have in mind. And that actually comes with uh, my next point of the early start to the coaching search. So when Nebraska let go of Scott Frost, it probably got Wisconsin thinking like, all right, well, you know, Nebraska, you know, they're in the same conference as us. Again, they have the Big Ten money as well. So they're going to have the resources that we're going to have, and they're going to be willing to pay just as much as we are. And just like what we're kind of talking about, if you're pretty much uh, born anywhere from like the mid-70s up till, you know, even like the early 90s, Nebraska football was like such a big thing for you. And it's not like all those fans have just simply just gone astray. Like, they're still there. Again, willing to travel cross-country. It's It was incredible to see. I, I have to, I have to like, definitely agree with that. I, God, I forget which year it was. But I I was at the Music City Bowl when the Vols played Nebraska 2016, 2017. Uh, they travel. They do. They they they, they, they're, they really they might do. Have been that's in state for Tennessee, and I'm not going to say they had more in attendance there, but I, I mean we were sitting <laughs> on the home side and we were surrounded by Cornhuskers. So I mean, All they, red. They travel well. They travel well. Well, that actually plays into my next point, and that's actually the conferences. So we've kind of already talked about specifically. That's why I have Wisconsin and Nebraska ranked as high as I do, simply because they're in the Big Ten, and you know, with that media rights money, it's going to instantly just start really paying off. And you know, we've already talked about the recruiting. So 
I'm a fan of it because it already just kind of it lets the ads and pretty much everyone in the building, especially from a front office perspective, as okay, why stick with a mistake? You know, we look at Auburn right now. Like it just seems like each and every week, everyone's just waiting on that update. You know, from Saturday night slash Sunday morning, Brian Harson's been let go. So if you already know what you what you want to do, why wait? You know, just I go think, ahead and rip. I do think it's a cheap out sometimes for some of those ads. No, you can, no, sir. You can't say anything about cheap with them going. You've seen some of the. You've seen these buyouts like I've seen. Hell, Paul Christ himself got almost twelve million to go away. No, there is no such thing with cheap as them getting away. I don't mean that type of cheap. I just mean like them saving their own ass because. To your point on that, <laughs> Edo, that's still probably one of my favorites, favorite exit stories. Which way do you want me to go? Which way do you want me to leave? <laughs> and his response would have been the same. But which door do you want me to go out? <laughs> Amen. Uh, I don't mean it so much that way. It's just I do. I feel like it's similar to baseball, it's, you know, some of these GMs, like they, it's like they make the move before they're forced to be moved. Um it's not always the case, but that that is just one of my reasons for that. The reasons I don't like it is I think it's kind of their way of controlling their job security, and I don't fault them for that. It's just, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I I, I don't like it. It's the world you we live that. in, Shane. You it's, love it. It's, you can't quit smiling. You love it. It is the world we live in. You see, it's now officially entertaining. It's also a little bit more of like the TV money. Every bit of the resources coming in. Shane, you've even seen the contracts have already given out to Big Ten teams and SEC teams. Possibly even Big 12 now that their conference is starting to get a little frisky and a little interesting. I mean... Money, 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 money. Like, why, why wait? Just cut, just cut deal, or I guess cut bait. Speaking of cutting bait, it's normally what they do in Mississippi. We've both been there. We've both been to major cities within Mississippi. I'll tell you who's thriving in Mississippi. Rob didn't want to have this conversation on the regular pod, but here he has no say. He just sits behind <laughs> a curtain. And does his little magic. Yes, he heard that. And we're going to have the conversation here. (laughs) Shane, does Lane Kiffin belong back in the NFL? I firmly believe that he does. We were kind of already a little bit talking about it, you know, before we we hit the record button. And we already kind of agreed, like, even the team that we're watching tonight, the Colts, they look like they can definitely use a Lane Kiffin influence. But I was I listed the Chargers, I listed the Bears, I listed the Saints, and I listed the Cardinals. Shane, the in the three years he's been at Ole Miss, he and this is Ole Miss. Keep in mind, he is twenty and eight, eleven and seven in the SEC. He last year most wins Ole Miss has ever seen. This year he's five and zero. Oh. They just beat Will Levis, where it seemed like from the reports I was reading, it sounds like twenty scouts were at that game. And am I crazy? Like, I mean, I, I, I've been a fan, I've been a fan of Lane always. Like, no matter just because to his inner ethos, he's an ass, and he, no matter what he does as a self reflection or a self or just a little bit of a self evaluation, he's always have those ass tendencies and. I've 
again, like I, I listed the teams that he could definitely use a little bit of his influence. I could possibly even be open. Like, am I crazy? Before I go into this, I don't think we have let the cat out of the bag yet. I am a massive, die-hard Tennessee Vols fan. Like we were gonna wait to break that, but I guess now's the perfect ice bar- barrier for that. For those that don't know, just t- just go to the Google and just type in Lane Kiffin, Tennessee, and enjoy the rabbit hole. And I have to, I, I have to say that I wanted to wait until later when we were talking about a certain matchup. But what matchup? I I love hate that guy. I do. I love hate him. Like it is such a it is a toxic ex relationship with Lincoln. Relatable. I respect that. Very relatable. When you know Tennessee was uh, looking for a new head coach, which time? Um, <laughs> when Tennessee was looking for a the new early coach, stages. <laughs> deep down inside, I was praying that there was some chance that Lane Kiffin comes up in that conversation seriously comes up in that conversation now you know i'm a rip the rearview mirror off type of guy i don't believe in looking back um you're a father it makes sense but at the same time damn it what he did when he left tennessee it just i still to this day it's just set us back so much now you know, my fellow volunteer fans out there, do not think I'm blaming everything on Lane Kiffin because that's another that's another talk for another day about who's really to blame for that. And look inward, my friends, because our fan base is not easy to please. But to get to the point, I do think Lane Kiffin belongs back in the NFL. I think Thank not you. only is there another shot at that happening. Cheers to I you. Think I think that there are reasons that he'll be more successful in making that curtain call, if you will, than others have been. You know, so you've got – we all know about Nick Saban. We obviously know about Urban Meyer. Um, but here's the thing that I think that Lane Kiffin has that those guys do not. Lane Kiffin has the ability to – talk to grown men like grown men and get them to engage regardless of their age. You know, I, I do think Urban Meyer's biggest downfall was that he was trying to talk to grown-ass men who make millions of dollars. More like than him. Were, like they were a redshirt freshman. Like you, That's not how that works in the NFL. Those guys will tell you to you-know-what off and keep it moving. They don't care. Like it's just – you, you have to earn that respect. And I'm not saying you don't have to earn that respect in college, but at the same time, you have a little bit more control over a college athlete. You know, he was a great to, politician and he was a great recruiter. You get to the NFL, neither of those two things matter. It, it, it doesn't. How big's your checkbook? That's what matters. Like, and of course, you do, you have a lot you have bigger egos in the NFL. Um, I just see Lane Kiffin being better at that. Um, so do I, I. I also think that. When it comes to, we all know Lane Kiffin's relationship with Nick Saban. I just feel like it's inevitable. I don't feel like it's a matter of if. I think it's when. Um, I don't think it happens this year, but I will tell you this right now. When it comes to predicting what Lane Kiffin's going to do, I, your guess is as good as mine because that that man is the definition of gangsters moving silence. Like it's 
you know, it is, uh, it's interesting how quick he makes decisions and, and shout out to his team and his party because they do a pretty good job of keeping things under wraps. I mean, like Lincoln Riley level, keeping things under wraps. Um, and it, it's, it's just like a Lincoln Riley thing. Um, and if he were to go to the NFL, I could see that happening and we wouldn't know until it was announced. But um, I agree with your point about the Colts. They could definitely use a Lane Kiffin. Um, and I, I do like some of the other picks, but one that intrigues me a lot. Um, and it, it's really a catch 22 situation because we'd have to know what that current head coach's you know, game plan was, is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Pete Carroll, <laughs> you know, a, a lot has happened over the last couple of years, but Oh, really? A lot, you say? <laughs> you haven't noticed. If if we knew for certain that Pete Carroll was on his way out the door, and I do think Pete Carroll's done enough where that fan base, well, we just saw, we, we saw the choice made this offseason. You know, who will they pick, Russ or Pete, even though there's some saying that that wasn't even an argument to be made, that there was no one was forcing them to choose, but – um, I, I think the booze spoke for themselves, and Seattle showed who they were loyal to. Um, and you know, karma's a you know what, and Russ isn't off to a hot start. Besides the point, um, there's a lot of drama going on in Seattle with DK Metcalf. And out of respect for your fellow co-host, we're not going to turn this into a NFL show. But there's, there's a lot going on in Seattle right now um, when it comes to the future, figuring out what's best. Um, and we all know that that story stops and ends with DK Metcalf. And we also know who uh, I would say one of DK Metcalf's biggest fans are. And that is Mr. Lane Kiffin. And I think that I could see a story playing out where Lane goes to Seattle. Lane fits in in a Seattle area. And it, you know, provides leverage to keep DK. Lane tells him we're going to draft a solid quarterback for you. We're going to get it done, and I can see Lane being successful there. That is the key component, Shane, is putting him in a position where he can succeed. So if you get him with that familiarity or if you get him with some of the teams I listed, you have a chance at actually being surrounded with not only good players but possibly, well, I say good front offices, and then I you know, listed the Cardinals in there. But, you know, I'm just simply saying we're just good players, but – and for the most part, good front offices. You know, I don't really think too highly of the Bears front office, but they have so much cap space. If you were to bring in if you were to bring in Lane Kiffin, he'd definitely know how to spend the money. But we've already uh, spent a good bit of that. We're actually just gonna go right into the game slate. We have a lot to talk about. Good bit of games happen. We're actually gonna stay in the same state of Mississippi. All this talk about Mississippi. Mississippi State hosts the Arkansas Hogs this weekend. Arkansas is coming off crucial, crucial back-to-back weeks. One week, they should, def- they should have definitely beat Texas A&M. They definitely Absolutely. should have been. And, you know, just that one play just seriously defined it. And, you know, before they even started getting rolling, it was just too late. And then, obviously, the Alabama shellacking. But, so this, Shane, this is what kind of just gets me intrigued about this game. So, Arkansas is second in the nation with sacks, thanks to Drew Sanders, Landon Jackson, Derek um, 
Derek Domin or yeah Henry Dominic, but they also allow about 420 yards per game. <laughs> Their secondary is one of the worst teams. However, offensively, they're not only just relying on KJ Jefferson, who as of Thursday night, uh, October. Six. I haven't got an update saying that he will be out. I know that he was basically listed as day-to-day, but as of right now, I don't know if he's going to be out. It looks like he's trending towards playing. But Shane, even if he does, he's already a, a limited passer simply because of the perimeter weapons around him. Now, Raheem Sanders, he's a dynamic running back. And Shane, you can even see just from a statistical standpoint the, the philosophical differences between this team. So I wrote down that uh, Raheem has 600 carries for, or, or I'm sorry, he has 100 carries for 600 yards. And the starting running back for Mississippi State, Dylan Johnson, has 50 carries for 30 yards. And KJ Jefferson has less than 1,100 passing yards, but Will Rogers has 1,700 passing yards and 19 touchdowns. So you can already just tell that this is set up for a Will Rogers just sit back, grab the popcorn, and just sit there and wait. But do you think that Arkansas can kind of speed this game up, literally just kind of just, um, I guess, really keep Mississippi State's defense on the field? They do play that strange 3-3-5 attacking scheme, which basically dares you to run the ball. I'm I'm intrigued by this because at one point, Shane, the time travelers had this game at a negative seven. They have now moved it to a negative nine and a half. They know something, Shane. This is this is how they make their buildings over there. This is, they know something. I'm still picking. I'm still. Oh, you're fine. I mean, I, I, I get choked up talking about this as well. Um, I still think that Mississippi State wins this, but I don't know. I, I don't. Th- I'm not a betting man, but nine and a half just seems like it doesn't seem like Mississippi State is just going to just completely rail Arkansas like that. Well, one pardon my dog; he's probably going to pe- be featured a lot. On well, she, pro- well she, she 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 probably agree with me. She heard me, and then she's like, "Absolutely, that's I, I can get behind that." Yeah, exactly. So, speaking of dogs, um, I'm going with the dogs. Uh, You're going with the hogs, okay? No, 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 the dogs. Oh, oh, I thought you were. I thought you were referring the under or the the underdogs from a. Okay. No, no, no. no. So the cowbells. I would have understood cowbells. That would have gotten me. I'm a momentum guy. You know this about me. Um, and this is this is what I see a Mississippi State program doing right now in the last two weeks. Ascending, ascending high. See a Arkansas program doing. Um, and you know, I, I know one of our friends who. Um, fan of the show, Cole. I'm sorry, man. Um, I, I had a lot of high expectations for Arkansas. Um, and as did know, I, so what we want. Um, that upright was rigged, but <laughs> that I'm sorry, we, I really don't. I'm not even an Arkansas fan, but nobody should talk about that. That, um, that might be one of the most heartbreaking doinks I have ever seen in my whole. Mm. I was watching that game live. Um, and I, I couldn't believe it. But back to the point, man, it, it's it's this simple. You got Mississippi State coming off of a nice, nice win. You know, very impressive. And, you know. Is it impressive? Pirate, it is. It is for me. Um, it's it's impressive for me. Let me, let me say it this way. It's impressive for me not because I think Texas A&M is overrated. It's impressive for me because they were still, as of last week, I think, still hyped up a lot. I still they think were. They had a lot of hype. 
The Yale crew still active. This week, you know, that hype's gone. But there's a lot of hype. And, you know, Mississippi State was not, you know, who – you let's talk back about preseason. You look at the schedule. You know Mississippi State fans are looking at Texas A&M and going, damn it. And th- they held their own. They, they did more than hold their own. Uh, Mississippi State, you know, they balled out. And I just – I think Will Rogers is going to be too much for them to handle. And I – again, I'm sorry to Arkansas fans. I've got some friends and family who are Arkansas fans. Uh, I'm a big fan of the pit balls too. Love the guy. Um, I, this hurts me to even say this because I did a preseason. I had a lot of high hopes for Arkansas, but, um, we're just simply put, we've got two teams going in two different directions and I just don't think the morale is going to be there for Arkansas. Um, I, I'm picking Mississippi state. I, I think, and I actually, Oh guys, I think Mississippi state actually wins by two scores. I, I don't, I'm not going to say it's not going to be a close game, but I've, I agree with where they are pushing the lines. I, I, I'm looking at Mississippi State winning by 10, 14 points. Surprising. That's that just tell, I mean, to, I mean to me, if the Arkansas can just constantly just keep the constant pressure, because Shane, I didn't know this until I was doing my game prep, but uh, Mississippi State is ninety I'm sorry, ninety four percent in the red zone. That's. So basically, if they just get inside the twenty, it's like, all right, that's an automatic score. Like, just like, Hell, what's the point of it? With, if you were to let it with that, we could have stopped the conversation there. I'm sorry that that stats that stat. Like, that's just that's keep them out the red zone, obviously. <laughs> but I'll uh, I'll tell you who. Uh, how do you oh, I'm sorry. You, how do you win football? You score more points than other team. How do you score. do that? Efficient efficiency in the red zone. So. Well, I'll tell you who else is efficient in the red zone, and I'll tell you who else scores the points. And it's uh, it's a uh, due to a uh, let's just say a scheduling conflict. The networks uh, didn't want to put this game on at night, <laughs> we, so we simply for the end, but I'm we had to, to. We had to. We we could have, but it's simply because it's a, now a day game. It follows in with the day slate. When the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, very beautiful campus, very beautiful people, obviously, come down to Baton Rouge, where it gets wild, it gets hot, it gets weird, it gets muggy. People drink <laughs> a lot. And one, the, I think one already, or one advantage that I read just early today is shame before the game even starts, obviously at 11, the alcohol sales will start at 9 a.m. So already advantage LSU already. So it may they, not be a night game. Midnight. They need to start them at midnight. So Tennessee and comes to LSU, and it's a it's a matchup that we we anticipated. Even when I when I initially reached out to everybody, you were one of the very first people to where it's just like, all right, we UT and LSU. That's my week. Like lock it in. No one touch it. Like that's that's mine. It's like makes sense. Makes totally makes sense. And I mean, as Tennessee fans, like you should just be so ecstatic. The hype behind Hypel is incredible, and it's not just that. It looks like a hooker is going to win the 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 Heisman. And can you imagine just a little bit of just the advertisement for something like that? You know, hooker for Heisman, and just you know, everyone will, especially like the prostitutes, will all stand up and just be like, which one? And just kind of just 
just sit there and wonder amongst themselves, Shane. But it doesn't really matter because, <clears throat> excuse me, UT comes in with 500, yes, 550 total yards. Hendon Hooker is completing 72% of his pass. It's uh, Is Cedric Tillman playing or is he out? I think he's still going to be out, um, which doesn't uh, matter. You still have Hyatt. You still have Brew McCoy. <laughs> you have weapons that just seems though just make play after play. The only thing that it really just intrigues me about this matchup is that the time travelers only have this as Tennessee as a field goal favorite. Shane, can I start laughing now? Do, do you uh well one what's your take who, who you got all right man so if you are want you if gonna, you his i'm gonna bet with my head so right now i'm gonna bet with my head so right now it tells me that tennessee will definitely lose by much more than three and <laughs> and here's he, he, well here's why tennessee's gonna lose by more than three here's why so tennessee podcast on a comedy show it's, I mean, well, I mean, we have to kind of like mix in a little bit. It's what sells. So Tennessee is ranked 95th in defense, and LSU is ranked uh, 19th. So I see LSU actually playing Tennessee a little bit like they played Mississippi State, where they're just going to have to just basically just dare Tennessee to run. Problem is, Hendon Hooker is a much better athlete than Will Rogers. So I think Hendon Hooker at least will have a better rushing opportunity within this. But as far as like passing – you know, LSU simply just going to do everything they can to lock that down as much as they simply can. Technically, I did a little bit of a deeper dive. So, technically, you know who else has a better defense than the University of Tennessee? The University of Memphis. Would you like to know who else has a better defense than Tennessee? Middle Tennessee State University. We can ask the Miami Hurricanes. They know a lot about that. The good news, Shane, the good news is that your Tennessee Volunteers have a much better defense than Georgia Tech, so you can at least simply just go with one that. Jalen Daniels and the wide receivers had a players-only meeting that is simply already just catching buzz that you know already had a big play factor. And, Shane, I'm feeling it. LSU needs to just limit big plays and force Tennessee to have long drives, not the big plays. Just simply just have them force them to 8 to 12-yard drives and also experience in big games, Shane. That that matters right now. So, Josh Heupel obviously has his one-year experience and was tremendous with his inaugural year. This year, he had the big win against uh, against Florida. But Brian Kelly had the big win against not only Mississippi State and also, well, I guess I would say Auburn as a big win, but we're kind of seeing how Auburn is. But, Shane, at one point they were down in both games and still found a way to win. I think that Tennessee will get up, but LSU will find a way to win. Please, the floor is yours. Take a sip. Put your feet up. Yell if you must. Rob does all the work. In case people don't know, if you go to the game, you learn this song relatively quickly, whether you want to or not. Tremendous tune. The moonshine is great. <laughs> I will let me tell you what LSU is last in. That's appropriate head coaching decisions. <laughs> so, Brian Kelly, you're not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. You're just yet, not. yet, yet, yet. I, I, I will, I will let you finish my sentence with that. I will let you say yet. 
Um, but it's it's plain and simple. I would have been more worried about this game had they intelligently scheduled this for when it should have been, which is no later than a mid afternoon game. This should, if this would have been a night game, I would. I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like that's just that is how serious Death Valley is. That is the type of advantage that Death Valley brings. If this would have been a night game, I it would be a toss-up for me, but I'm sorry, man. Put some respect on Hendon Hooker's name. Put respect on his name. We'll get to that later, too. But man, Him I and just, Stequavius have always been my little uh, little sneaky Heisman. So, I mean, I have respect, but I just at this point, I just want them to not do well. It's, it's you tell me you're going to... You tell me you're going to give me your your projection with your head. You went with your heart. You went with your heart. I got yeah, I got I some say, numbers. I have I have numbers that I've written down. I will say I will say this though. I will. I mean, and this is not. I don't think anyone who is a loyal fan to their team ever can be unbiased. And so yes, I get one. Shane, I get one team. I get one, one, just one, and that just happens to just be the one, and that's. That just happens to be the one. If we, if, if 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 UT was talking about Penn State and Justin was on here, he would sit here and tell you that yeah, Sean Clifford's the man. Hendon Hooker, who? Like, I don't want any of that Hooker. But you're about to get it, and <laughs> those rates are going up, baby. Like, I'm sorry, like Hendon Hooker, like wow. I'm not even going to go through the whole backspill of you know comes in as second string quarterback and does what he does i'm not going to give you the whole oh we're beating teams without cedric tillman we are but i'm sorry man tennessee's offense is just way too fast-paced it's way too high speed and i think this is going to be a close game it is going to and i actually think that lsu is going to lead this game in the first quarter and i actually think they're going to lead this game in the second quarter i do actually and that's crazy. You're like, well, Shane, you said they have a fast-paced offense. How does that work? We're flippity-flopping. So you think that Jalen Daniels is going to take some shots too? I think he's about to start bombing away this game. Because, I mean, Shane, they had five, five passing yards for the second half of the last game. Five. Well, <laughs> let's say this. Um, Tennessee obviously has a uh, nice track record of handling quarterbacks who don't know how to pass the ball. So That's true. But I will say this too: um, LSU is no Florida. LSU is a lot better than Florida, in my opinion. Um, and I agree with you too. Um, let's be honest here. All jokes aside, um, Mr. Kelly will get there soon. Yeah, he, he will get there. Not this year. Maybe not even next year. But it's it's going to happen. Shane, we are tied to him for at least eight years. It's. But I, I will say, I will say, like, I think as early as next year, you know, LSU, um, he's got to have time Maybe. to do his, he's got to have time to do his recruiting. Um, he does, but sorry, my friend, Saturday is just it's not your day, baby. It's not my day. Uh, again, it's not again, my time. The biggest point of this has nothing to do. I'm with not going. Team. It has nothing to do with either team, though. It doesn't. You should have seen. Like, I went full blown Joker. The sides of my mouth touched my earlobes when I saw that they made the idiotic mistake of making that a 12 Eastern game. 
Like, are you out of your damn mind? We'll get to like, why that night game looks even worse, you know, as of like three hours ago. We'll, we'll get to that. But, yeah, it's it's looking terrible. A, 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 a three – a, a th- number three spread sounds much better than a 24 spread significantly. Uh, but like final say so seriously and truly, um, you know, this isn't me picking at you. Um, I, I like Tennessee. I like Tennessee by seven. Um, if you want to call it, you want to be cute and call it six and a half, whatever. But it, it's, it's going to be a close game. I, I said what I said. I feel like LSU is actually going to come out and ball a little bit in the first half. Um, I feel like they are going to take advantage of Tennessee's lackluster defense, but you know the the hype train's real, baby. And it he, is. He does, he does it's a fun. Hell of a job of adjusting at halftime. So um, I I just think that we come out in the second half. You guys can't keep up. We're deep. We're very deep. And if we haven't already worn you down in the first half, you know we're, we'll we'll let you have a couple points going into the locker room. But it's I I, I see it. I'm calling a final score of let's call it 42-35. That's definitely the over. I think the over was like 50 something or even within 60s, but that's hell. That's those are some and, fireworks right there. But I mean both teams and, have the ability to do it though. But I will say, because I could be wrong, you're the LSU fan here. What's the most point? LSU hasn't given up more than, what, like 15, 16? What no, they uh, they gave up 24 the first initial game to, uh, to what, Florida State. What's their average on the season, though? It's like, it's around that. It's like Oh, yeah. it's like, um, I think it's either between like uh, like 15 or 20, I believe. So it's not even uh, like three like full set touchdowns or anything. It may even be lower than that, I believe. Yeah, I guess the difference maker is, you guys haven't played Tennessee yet. So, so that really number, so that number will go up a little, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do. I respect LSU's uh, defense, but I just it, it's going to be an interesting matchup. We'll leave it at that. We'll shake hands. You're my boy, but um, man, if this would have been last year, or the year before that, I I, I would have you know been crossing my fingers and r- rubbing a rosary under this desk or something when I say those things. But I just. I, I am. I have not been this confident in a Tennessee team in, man, probably, probably since 2015, 2016, and that still wasn't great. But. That was a good year. I mean, beat Florida and I believe beat Georgia that year. Oh, that hell, Mary. Mm. People mm. still talk about it. You know who? You know who else people are talking about, Shane? Actually, the whole country is talking about them. We've already kind of alluded to it a little bit. Kansas, they. A basketball school? No, not not just yet. I mean, basketball does start this month, but no, this is Kansas football. The the undefeated, the ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Rock Chalk Jayhawk, indeed. They are not only hosting the TCU Horn Frogs, they're also hosting College Game Day for the very first time. Lawrence or Lawrence is going to be completely rocking. However, they come into this game as an underdog, a touchdown underdog, as a matter of fact. And I think this will be one of the more inter- – so I'm going to have a really tough time, Shane. So not only this game, but also the next one that we talk about. There's going to be so many to literally flip back and forth from, and it's going to be – Whoever, oh, whoever made these decisions for 
game. I'm so, I just don't agree this week, and it's not like it's we're, not. We're, we're we're past the LSU and Tennessee thing. We really are, but I I don't like. There's there's some there's some noon games that just come on, man. I, but they're I, incredible. Like, why is this at noon? Like, this is yeah, like one of the prime time. Like, like Kansas and TCU should at the, at this point be a prime time game because they're both ranked. And uh, again, if I told, I'm sorry, like three thirty at my time, three thirty my time, three thirty at the latest. Like, what are you doing? Sleep We're here bright noon. Yeah, exactly. So, hopefully. People will be up watching this because this is going to be electric. You have two quarterbacks, and uh, for TCU, you have Max Duggan, and also for uh, for uh, for Kansas, you have Jalen Daniels. Both playing. Say his name again. Jalen Daniels. Say it one more time. <laughs> Just for the people that don't know, his name is Jalen Daniels. Rock, Chalk, Jay, Hawk. Him and Lance Leipold should not have to ever pay for anything in the city of Lawrence ever again. Shane, they've essentially already won the season, I believe, because I mean, just with the five games, I mean, Shane, that's that's as many wins this year than they have in the last three years combined. Like it's just as many, and bro, like that they are rolling. Now the win last week against Iowa State didn't look that well, but. For the most part, they still got it done. Doesn't really matter. But I think, however, I'm really loving what Max du- <laughs> Max Duggan and um, Sonny Dykes are doing. Now, this may just be because, I mean, I simply watched as they just completely took Oklahoma to the woodshed. But, you know, I think right now it's been fun, Kansas. It's been a great ride. You're still going to be relevant, hopefully still ranked. But I think Sonny Dykes and Max Duggan actually go into Lawrence, take over, and get come out with a W. Man, unfortunately, I have to disagree with you. Of no. course. No. Come on, man. Like one, let's You're still sticking back. with Kansas. You still want to have them relevance. I can't talk about Lawrence, Kansas without shouting out um, some teammates of mine. Um, we actually – I uh, have a community there. Shout out Naismith Hall. I'm um, doing some really great things on campus. Um, so if there's any students listening, go check them out. They're awesome. Um, but I'm sorry, man. It all you just named the two people as to why Kansas wins this. Um, so one, uh, Jay don't play. Like the kid is special. Uh, he is. And I uh, shout out transfer. Uh, Transfer, bro. Shout out to you, sir, because you've been on the Leopold train for a minute. Um, Thank you. Like, now people are starting to get it. Yeah, I I will give it to you. I don't care what anybody else says. Anybody else who, like, starts praising him now, you're you're after the fact, Fraser. You've been talking about this guy for a minute, um, and I, I honestly think that he's got to be at the top of the list when you start talking about filling some of those vacancies. Um, I do, personally. Someone sent me an article today that he's already kind of talking with Kansas about a long-term extension. So Kansas they Athletic, they better hurry because he's from Wisconsin. He coached He coached in Wisconsin. He, I uh, believe, uh, his one of his, like, first – People to even give him the opportunity was uh, was Barry Alvarez, who's involved with the athletic department. There's a lot of ties to Wisconsin, and just yeah, if Kansas is smart, they go ahead and lock him up because I mean, again, like he's 
he's he's made their program relevant. I mean, it, it, that's why I think like it, it's like they've Shane they've already won. They can lose every single game. They can finish the season five and seven. Just the fact that they went undefeated, they got hosted by game day, a big atmosphere. They were ranked. Like if you were to told me as a Kansas uh, fan, it's like you know at the beginning of the season, like hey, you're going to win five games. I'm just I would ask as a whole, like no, in the first five weeks, and like he. <laughs> Like, oh, stop right there. Like, stop the season. Like, that, that that's a win as a – yeah. And slap the hell out of some people to even get into the top 25 ranking. And they I mean, still have more people attending the games than UCLA. You said it. <laughs> you, you, you said it. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't even have to spend a lot of time on this. I, I think another close game, I do. Um, I, I, like, I like Kansas. I like Kansas by a field goal here. I do. Okay. Um, I, I, it's going to be close. It is. Um, and I'm not as confident in this pick, but I just, golly, how can you not love Kansas right now? I love the storyline. I will admit it. I love the storyline. Lance Leipold, tremendous coach, obviously a program builder. You, you know, we talked about it. Jalen Daniels is just, you know, he's also like a dark horse Heisman candidate as well. Like, Shane, we got some great transfer quarterbacks, and that's. It just makes the sport better because it makes teams like this better, and it's better for the fan bases. I'll tell you what else is great for the fan base, and it's an old-school rivalry, a rivalry that is actually played in the state of Texas, but yet they call it neutral for the University of Texas. Then again, it's not blue. It's not green. well, the, then again, it's it, it happens to be red, and even that just happens to just blow the minds of Tex, uh, Texans just because we're already questioning the geographical sense that they already have. Now we're just happen to just question whether or not they're colorblind because even Oklahoma just has, instead of uh, the, I guess, burnt orange, they have the crimson and cream, whereas the crimson and cream take on the burnt orange and white this weekend however shane this is a little different so if i told you there was a big s or a big big 12 matchup that didn't involve oklahoma and texas being ranked you would probably sit there and wonder if it was baylor and oklahoma state well to some extent you would probably right but instead it was just what we talked about in tcu in kansas however with this for the first time since 1998 these teams come in unranked we just got word earlier that Quinn Ewers is going to be playing, which basically may push this line of seven maybe up a little bit, especially if Dylan Gabriel can't play. If Dylan Gabriel cannot play, Oklahoma turns into a worse team, which for those Oklahoma fans, yes, that is possible. And man, to me, this is a this to me, Shane, this is a Bijan Robinson game because Oklahoma is giving up almost two hundred yards rushing. This is a game, and especially in an old-school rivalry, where he can even walk off and uh, have the golden hat wearing and fully elevate himself into being the full standard running back one coming into the NFL draft. I'm pick- I hate picking against Oklahoma, but what I saw I against uh, – I, I really do. I, 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 I really do. But for the last two weeks, I mean, that, that's all I need to see. With a dual-threat quarterback – and well, pretty much with both dual threat quarterbacks. Now, I don't know if Quinn Ewers is going to run as much, but I know Bijan Robinson will run a lot. And to me, man, it's just, it's terrible because you know we've even said it on the podcast. It doesn't hurt to admit that you're a great number two. 
and maybe not a number one. And they say that 75% of coordinators end up failing. Maybe Brent Venables is part of that 75%. Doesn't look good. However, it's just year one. But then again, if you're going to come into the SEC, you got to come up with SEC expectations. It's like if you're not competing right away, everyone's already calling for your head. And the fact that you lose to not only just a Kansas State when you just completely just get dog walked by TCU and Max Duggan, like now you're actually just playing a what seems to be, I guess, a fully healthy Quinn and Ewers. Shane, what gets me interested about this game as well is that uh, it makes you wonder, is the SEC move for Oklahoma and Texas still good? Because now you're starting to kind of see not only Oklahoma but also Texas, they're kind of losing to mid-tier level Big 12 teams. Whereas if you come over to the SEC, if you were to get stacked up with a mid-tier level team like a like an Auburn, like a Missouri, like a uh, uh, I guess if uh, Mississippi State or Ole Miss is down, I mean hell, Clark Lee is having Vanderbilt look pretty decent. So if you were to come over here, there's, is there a chance that both of those teams, if not at least one of those, could turn into a possible Missouri where they just get so down in the dumps that it's just really hard to even even see themselves climbing out it's kind of like having that really small skinny friend going into the first day of school so i'm glad that uh both of these teams are you know in i'm gonna just call it it's it's desperation mode um i i give texas more credit than i give oklahoma um texas at least played alabama close um i agree with your points about robinson and i do i think i think he's gonna go off this game i truly do um, but it is, it's funny what one year can do. Um, it's funny what one man can do. Um, Lincoln Riley's departure from Oklahoma. That's, it's just a game changer. Um, I, you know, doesn't I, help that USC looks phenomenal either. You've been a, you've been a big BV guy for a minute though. Um, even before Oklahoma. So Man, it's it's tough. Um, I, I do th- I do think you know I don't think they come in and become a a, a Missouri per se. Um, I but oh, I, I will say only because of the fan base part aspect of it. Um, they demand more; they'll get more. But I do think that that straw, the SEC straw, will stir that drink when it comes to the future there. And here, here's a hot take for you. Um, we all know um, he who shall be named, who was the most coveted recruit that is intending on playing at the University of Texas, the not real UT. They they're gonna have to put up or shut up. I mean, it, this is damage control. It time buys time. Sark time, Shane. It buys him. Time. But what happens, you can what lose to a him? Texas Tech, but as long as you have the commit. That so gets you time. You, what happens when you lose that commit? You're going to have to start losing games. And right now, I guess, with the the quarterback coming back and B. John Robinson possibly taking in a run, you know, I had mentioned <clears> earlier when even when Quinn Ewers got hurt, like they didn't have, they don't have to leave the state for quite some time. And they, even their schedule even just kind of lines up. Now, I even said earlier the Big 12 is a little frisky. <clears> it's a little, it's definitely better than a lot of people anticipated it to be. Everyone thought it was just going to just be Oklahoma and everyone else. But right now, you know, it's just starting to kind of, Show a little bit that it's 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 <laughs> not just that. There's teams you have to think for that though that you wouldn't be thinking that you would 
be having to thank. God, that was a tongue twister. But I mean, I, I like Texas Tech and Donovan Smith doing what they're doing. Um, you know, I mean, the fact that Adrian Martinez with Kansas State literally just beat the hell out of Oklahoma. We just talked about Texas Christian and Kansas. I mean, it's it's making the the investment that ESPN and that um, <clears throat> Apple are thinking of shifting to media rights for the Big Twelve. It's making that investment look really good, at least right now. It is, and you and I, we could go down that rabbit hole. You know we can, and we'll, we'll save that. Let's do it. Well, why not? Why not? Let's, we'll, we'll save let's, that for – that's hot content. We're not giving that away for free, and if we are, we got to do it on another episode because we can spend some time on that. But for, for this one, uh, this this is – it's a put-up-or-shut-up game. Um, the Red River – the Red – gosh, me and the tongue twisters. Same here, water, every time. That ranch water, man, it's really doing a number. But the Red River – Rivalry is already a big game every year. It's just, it really doesn't. It doesn't have the flavor that it historically has. But I just it's it's not sexy this year. It's just not. It's I'm not gonna say it's hard to get excited because it is. Like I, I pay a lot of attention to this game because these are two future SEC teams. Um, and you know we can go over the oh who's going to be in the East, who's going to be in the West, what's the geography there. Um, geography doesn't I, matter, my friend. I, I, geography I, I, doesn't matter. It, yeah, I mean, we know that. Where is Missouri? Put them in the but, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I think that, quick take, I, I think Texas goes to the west and Oklahoma comes to the east, which I'm fine because I will Ooh. gladly, I'll be glad to spank their ass on a yearly basis. Oh, that would be nice if, if that was of, Shane. If that was the setup, that'd be really nice. I think it has to be for just. I mean, Texas would get their sports. ass kicked year round. Multiple <laughs> they would get reasons. demolished by their own yep. conference, especially their own side of that conference. Like Mississippi State will put the beat down on them. Old Miss will beat the beat down on them. Auburn will get back and start beating them. Like LSU will start beating them, and then Alabama obviously. Just, God, the, yeah, put got, Texas in the West. You've got the automatic in state there again. That's you and I have and, a bad habit of going down rabbit holes. We have. Mm. We, I know, I know. An, another day, my friend. It's but great shit. Great shit. To answer your, to answer your question, Texas will win this game. I'm going with Texas going as well. I hate it, but it. <clears throat> it's going to be the B. John Robinson show. Um, you know he's a. Rowback athlete, but I, I do. I think Sark comes in hot and heavy, and I, I honestly, ooh, maybe even hotter take. I, I don't think this is a close game. Um, I think this is like, I think this is a, I think this is a two score game. I, I'm talking like I think Texas by like fourteen to seventeen points. Well, they were up. I think it was what four touchdowns last year. Even with Lincoln Riley, they were up. And then obviously the big collapse with when Caleb Williams came in. They don't have a Caleb Williams in the bullpen this game. Like again, it doesn't even look like they're going to have their starting quarterback. And that's that makes a huge God that makes such a huge difference. So I hate picking Texas, but you know, hey, it is what it is. 
I'll, but uh, Vegas seems to love Texas. But uh, I'll tell you some. I'll tell you who else Vegas loves, and that's Notre Dame. So much so that they decided to open Allegiant Stadium to host the Mormons versus Catholics bowl. I'll tell you one thing, Shane. There's going to be more God in that city at that very moment than there's been in a very long time. They need to stock up on milk, on ginger ale, on juice. They need to stock up on every bit of you know it's like protein and vitamins. Snow in it in the south, <laughs> bro. Like BYU. And Notre Dame get to face off in Allegiant Stadium, like in the Death Star, as they call it. How cool is that? But here's the thing that I'm interested in, Shane, is that Notre Dame is actually favored, even though BYU is ranked. And BYU, I'll go ahead and admit it here, Jalen Hall, much better player than I thought, much much better player than I anticipated. So. I'm curious within this one because now, now we can start having the narrative of well, can can Marcus Freeman win the big games? Brian Kelly couldn't win the big games. Brian Kelly had a big game problem. Well, can we now start having the narrative of well, does Marcus Freeman, the most one of the most handsomest coaches in college football, as people like to say? I don't get it, but. To me, he just seems as though he has a big game problem, Shane. It's it's starting to become an issue. Can he can he handle the same narrative that was being written about Brian Kelly? And I, so, what what do you think of this game? He can he can handle it, but he got he got the Tennessee Volunteer treatment coming in as a coach unrealistic expectations like i just there was they were ranked number five to start five which was erroneous erroneous on all counts you you can't come in erroneous on all counts you can't come in and take over after brian kelly and i'm not this is not me fluffing brian kelly go ahead it's we do different. it. it <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> you just, you can't. So <clears throat> I will say this. Unrealistic expectations. Um, I, I don't care if you're already a part of the program. Um, it's different. Heavy's the head that wears the crown, my friend. And it's just, there's a lot of potential there with this Notre Dame team. It's just, it's not this year. But for this game specifically, I've got the Irish. I'm sorry, BYU just gives up. I mean, what are they averaging? Like 300, 350 points a game they're giving up on defense? I and saw their uh, – so it's, it's like three – was it 355? Or, yeah, 350. At least 350. That's a and lot of yards to the air. What's the phrase? Luck of the Irish? Where, where do you find luck? Viva Las Vegas, baby. In Sin City? In Sin City. <laughs> and here here might be the the hotter take. I, I don't think this one's close. I don't. I, I honestly think this is a two-plus score game. Um, and I'm not talking field goals. For the Irish? Absolutely. 
I, so I, you're saying casinos are going to be built for the suckers that take this action. <laughs> Correct. Well, Correct. they're known to build buildings with those people's money. And I guess it was made on the tears of losers. Well, I guess if that was the case, if I was a betting person, I guess I would just be contributing to said building. I don't know why. I basically, I guess at that point, I'm at least just, you know, sell me with the timeshare. Like, how would you like to own one room in a Vegas condo one day out of the year that's in the winter? Even sure. (laughs) Sure. Where do I sign? I'm going BYU, man. Again, I already said it that Jalen Hall is much better than anticipated. I think BYU secondary will play a big factor into this because Tommy Reese and um, I believe uh, Drew Pike, like they just like I feel like if you ask them to get 200 yards passing, like I think even that will be a tall task. Like it just. And Jalen Hall is just much more athletic. And, you know, they can get preached to. It's just like, you know, you're an underdog. No one believes you. You know, listen to the rat poison that they're that they're feeding you right there. You know, I wish I had a Coke bottle right here that you can just simply just kind of just look at as well. But um, I'm, I'm rolling with BYU, man. I'm rolling with the Mormons. You're talking about a fan base that also travels well. I think that's another reason why the time travelers are thinking this. They're thinking like, all right, well, Indiana is, you know, not that far. And Notre Dame fan bases travel very well. But then again, so does BYU. We're more likely. And, t- and tip of the hat to BYU's fan base. Um, that's actually classy. For real. Classy, like Classy fan base. Very Incredible. Classy. We're not again. You know, even if even, say even if they go to Oregon. Well, that was just jacked. Up. I'm not even going there because they run onto the field honoring one of your fallen teammates, and that's the treatment they get. Just classless by Oregon. But you you reap what you sow. BYU. I've got a lot of respect for you. I've got a lot of respect for your fan base, but it's not going to be your Saturday. I'm sorry. I love it. We're, we're we're looking at two different ways, man. This is incredible. Hopefully, the next uh, little, the next one we have a little bit of a game. So we're actually going to go for, away from Brigham Young, and we're going to stay within a Mormon state, and we're going to stick with Utah. So Utah actually goes to U, uh, UCLA and all of a their basketball school. <laughs> a basketball school with all of their one. Hell, I feel like you'll get more fans if you talk about this was being a basketball matchup than it was a football matchup. They're going to go play. You know, no, Utah. October. I, I guess it's March. It's crazy. March Madness in October. I mean, that's that's what we're kind of looking for. Just the fireworks already. I mean, they already talked about that the college football playoff expansion already looks to double what March Madness brings in with revenue. I mean, why not start that now? But the fact that Utah, who obviously had the the face plan against Florida, but has you know reeled off four straight wins ever since UCLA has finally lived up to their expectation specifically because Dorian Tom um, Dorian Thompson Robinson has been healthy for the first time. He's, he's played Shane. He's played a lot of college football. I believe he's a, I think like a six year, like senior or he, he's like Kenny Pickett stage. It's like, bro, are you like Van Wilder? Like, yeah. it's just like, you know, you know, you know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. <laughs> it's just, that, yeah, that feels like, like, what do you have? What's your degree in? Like, I mean, come on, man. You could have graduated law school twice by now. What are we doing here? 
Like communications no, no. in advanced communications. DTR is fun to watch, though. Um, he is. He's, Him and Chip special. Kelly are fun to watch. He he's special, um, and I'm glad you said Chip Kelly. Uh, I I thought he was gone. I really thought with them moving to the Big Ten, with them actually gaining the media markets from Shane, not only Los Angeles but also from New York and. Like I thought they were going to get rid of Chip, but right now it's really hard to get rid of a coach that's five and zero. You know, with, I think we believe talking about Vegas. For now, we're talking about chips. Um, it's I, I'm with you. Like man, you're talking about a, a, somebody who has been well traveled over the past five six years, um, and it is just fitting. We're talking about you know again. We we've had conversations about that NFL transition and how it doesn't work for some people. Um, I mean, it's kind of what happens when you go into places and <laughs> trade all their best players. But again, another conversation for another time, um, rear view mirror off. I, I am happy for him. I'm happy to see it looks like he's got things rolling. Um, and I, Dude, I lo- I'm sorry. I love the narrative of the basketball schools doing things. And it, it does. It's suck. great. It's, it's so great. It sucks for UCLA, though. Um, they should have a little bit more respect on their name. Um, and I, I'm teasing when I say basketball school because once upon a time, it, we, we've always known UCLA's basketball program to be great. But, uh, you know, UCLA, they, they used to compete. Uh, but it's just things we haven't seen. A lot of turnover at the head coaching position you know, over the last decade. Uh, but for this game specifically, um, man, I, I'm just loving the basketball schools this week. I like UCLA, um, and I, I do think that you know they're going to take advantage of that home field position. Um, another close game for me, though. You said um, home I, very I, shakingly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, At this point, uh, it seems like if you go to any fast food restaurant around the uh, Los Angeles department, they not only have like you know your receipt, they also have a ticket for the local UCLA game. And, and rightfully so, um, and 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 they will uh, they will validate your parking also for basketball season. Side note, but I, I do I like UCLA in this. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. I, I truly do. I, I can see it in my head right now. I can see a field goal being kicked with time expiring. For UCLA well, that's funny because the time travelers have this as a three and a half. Uh, Point advantage for Utah, so they're kind of at least uh, at least a little bit on your uh, on your standard as well. They're listening to me a little bit. They 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 listen to this podcast. I know they do. One of their representatives does. I know they do. Just to just to mess with me, I know that they do. Um, (laughs) It's wonderful point, but uh, I also (laughs) it's a short list, but it's a very powerful list. Some of the names that are on there. But um, I also think that uh, Zach uh, Charbonnet, the the running back, who's also a veteran player, I didn't know who he was up until he single-handedly kicked the shit out of LSU back when uh, Ed Orgeron made fun of UCLA. They like, wear those, uh, those sissy blue shirts. And then, you know, they happened to just, you know, pretty much just elevate the process Game of like, blouses. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Now, I do think this will be a close game, kind of like what you think. I'm also picking uh, with UCLA just because, Shane, they have lost to Utah 
five straight times. And both of these teams... They're due. Eventually, the Generals beat the Harlem Globetrotters once every now and then. Like, a team is due. <laughs> like, and five question. years... Well, five years. I mean, Shane, you think about it. Like, DTR could have been involved in all five of those losses. And same thing with the. Uh, like, I mean, he, he could. I mean, again, he's played a lot of football, but UCLA's defense is ranked uh, around 25th. UC or Utah's is ranked 13th. So this is going to be a little bit of like a defensive stance. I just think that at that point, it just really just depends on which quarterback can make the bigger play. I'm putting my faith in the more athletic quarterback in uh, DTR because Cam Rising, even though I believe he's down a perimeter weapon, I mean he just doesn't he just doesn't do it for me. I mean he even when he was uh, when they took the face plant, which I still vividly remember, and you know obviously Blaine talks about with uh, when Florida beat Utah, but Shane, this could really set UCLA up tremendously. So. They have obviously this this game. They have a bye, and then they play Oregon the very next week. So at that point, that sets up their schedule to actually have a possibly undefeated matchup with USC towards the end. So we're possibly if if UCLA can pull this off, and especially coming soon, college game day coming soon to LA, bro. Like I mean, it would be electric. I mean, just. It's, I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. It's going to happen. Like I, I do. If they happen. win, if they win this game again, because I mean, right now it looks like that. Right now, it seems like if I had to choose between UCLA and Oregon right now, I would choose UCLA. So again, like if they win this game and they obviously get that bye week and then a whole week to prepare for Oregon, they beat Oregon, and the rest is cakewalk to USC. Whoa, man! I guarantee you, fans will start showing up at that point. Like they, they will be. I they, want they will, it, man. I want it. Hot hand in the dice game, baby girl. It, it makes college football relevant, and especially with a team like that that's jumping to the Big Ten and you know inside of LA market. I mean, there's tons of shit to do in LA, man. Like it's like, all right, well, if UCLA sucks, it's like, well, we'll go see the Rams, or we'll wait around until you know the Lakers come play. Hell, we'll go to the beach. Like we don't really, we don't need to sit around for which we'll seems sit on really for five hours. It seems ridiculous, Shane, where it's like, oh, well, we can just go to our local stadium, which happens to be the Rose Bowl, one of the most iconic stadiums uh, ever, but we choose not to go to because, you know, Publix is having a sale. But (laughs) anyway. Don't talk about about Publix unless Jameis Winston's on this podcast. We'll have another discussion more than just about a, a, a food industry, I can tell you that. But I'll tell you our next segment that we're going to talk about, which Shane, if you would have talked about this game in the summer, everyone would have had so much to say. I know where you're going. Well, everyone would have now. All right. So this game actually has more questions than it does talking points. I believe. Okay. Do you smell that tension in the air? Do you smell that? Do you smell that tension Dylan? Do you smell it? I'm just kidding. I mean, to me, it's pretty potent. I didn't pay you to smell it. I, I didn't pay you to smell it. Like, these teams allegedly pay their players. That was fun. Proceed. And coaches, this is gonna be they fun. pay. 
Okay, so to me, Shane, it's actually not going to be fun because, again, they have more questions. So to me, it's like, all right, well, not only is Alabama a 24-point favorite, which, Shane, may get bigger because as of three hours ago, it seems though Max Johnson broke one of his hand or broke something in his hand and he could possibly miss the rest of the season, which (laughs) A&M was already having quarterback issues with Haynes King, then transitioned to Max Johnson, (laughs) still having issues. And now they're possibly having to go by. <laughs> Not only that, we also have Bryce Young's. <laughs> Stop it! We have Bryce Young's uh, health up in the up in the air. Is he going to play? Also, the is this another Jameer Gibbs game? Shane, for some reason, I I did see reports that there are some people at least talking about this buyout of Jimbo Fisher, which I assured. People within this podcast and this platform, it's like, y'all, that's almost ninety million. That's just not going to happen. But like Shane, there's at least talks about it. But they can't. The Texas A&M doesn't pay their players. I'm sorry, they don't. They don't. (laughs) There's no money there, Dylan. They don't. There. Okay. Well, all right. We'll we'll just say you're playing devil's advocate, but even the devil is not that uh, that naive. But uh, and my last final question I have for this game is. Could this be the game that that banner or not this this game, but could this this start of the stretch that they have coming up this gauntlet that that they have? Because not after you know Shane, they have this game, but next they go to Tennessee, then they have Mississippi State, they have their bye, they go to LSU, and then they go to at Ole Miss, or then they go to Ole Miss. So could this be a little bit of a start of like a vulnerable stretch for Alabama, especially since we don't really know the duration of how long Bryce Young is out? They say day-to-day, but we're not really hearing anything different. I'm sure you have a lot to say. Here's the thing with Alabama. Here's the thing with Alabama. Um, I'm, again, Tennessee guy. And side note, anybody in the SEC East – who whines about, ooh, we had to play such and such this year from the West. We play Alabama every single year. Third, Third Saturday, Saturday day of October. Like, so, like, <clears throat> if there's a time to plan a fall wedding, Tennessee fans, third okay. Saturday yeah. of October. <laughs> Obviously, you know, I, I, I'm living in Georgia these days, so surrounded by UGA fans. Uh, you know, it was what was that last year? Year before that, they were talking about we've got to play Alabama in the regular. Kiss my ass. We play them every year, and you, and Florida. Like, shut up. Sorry, rant over. This game is going to be. It's what we live for. There is going to be some crazy decisions made. There's I may not even watch this of- game if I'm honest with you. Well, let me let me actually back up two steps. Um, shame on scheduling again. I yes, get that a lot of these decisions yes. are made. I get that some of these decisions are made like a couple weeks before, but I'm sorry, Alabama and Texas A&M does not get the eight o'clock Eastern time slot. That that is a three thirty game at best. And there were so many matchups we have already talked about. CBS paid big money for that, too. And they're looking like fools right now. They paid big money for that, Shane. 
because everyone thought October eighth, like that's that's the game, like that that's the day, like that's when Texas A and M goes to Alabama. It's pretty much a whole year long like build up of this like fight, and I mean, can you really call it a fight? Because I mean, Texas A and M again is literally just limping their way into Tuscaloosa, where seems like Will Anderson can just beat them by himself. I mean, this again, like I may not even watch this game, man. It just seems like I would much rather watch the, the, the game we're gonna the last game we're talk, gonna talk about rather than the Texas A and M Alabama game. Yeah, I just man, preseason. We we started this episode talking about preseason and Texas A and M, you were exposed early. I'm sorry. You're just You can't lose to App State at home. You can't. I, I hate I hate using zingers more than once in a ten minute use them but use them. You, we recommend that. them. You're not that guy, pal. You're not. And all I mean, I will say this. It, it was it's a no the, for me, dog. It's a no for me, dog. It's one of the first times I have to say in the last couple of years that for the love of my Lord and Savior above, everyone was talking about Texas A&M recruiting, Texas A&M this, Texas A&M that. Piss on my face, but don't tell me it's raining. Like you're just you're not it, you're not. And I mean, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and act like they can't be. They want to be but, so bad, Shane. They want to. They will. They're paying. They're willing. They're they're invested. Like it's the the real winner in all this is uh the the one of the people who run college football, and that's the agents, the one who made that huge buyout clause. You know, it's just like all right. Well, if you're gonna get rid of me, you you won't pay. You gonna pay for me at least living in Cabo for a year, like at least. Like I, I, I don't think that happens. Jimbo's still got a little time, but I will say this. I mean, don't get me wrong. That that's exciting if if that happens. Like, I would love to play that uh, scenario of where does he land, but. They get smaller year by year, but I mean, again, Shane, like there, there's talks about it, and when there's talks about it, that means that you know the wrong person heard it, and now the you know they just happen to be the right person spreading the information. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, Perfect. Yes. I, man, for the conversation at hand, though, <clears throat> it's going to get really nasty. It's going to get, get nasty, I, I, dude. It. it Bryce Young doesn't even have to play. Bryce Young doesn't have to even be in the stadium. Um, Alabama's yeah. going to win this game by about three scores at least. I- I'm sorry. It- it's it's for multiple reasons, though. It's just Nick Saban is Nick Saban. I, I don't care what you say. I get there's been close calls. I, I get it. We do. I-, I got it. But I do not like Alabama. I don't. They low down. They dirty. But, like, in all seriousness – Nick Texas Saban. ain't same worse though. Like, like Nick Saban did it like recruiting, like actually like with the speech and with the development and like an actual message. Like Texas A and M just opened up their wallets and said, "Here you go." And it's starting to look like what, like you, you're starting to kind of see like what way is you know based on for for I guess uh, sustainable success. That's another conversation for another day because Alabama just they they've got it. They've got it down to a science. Nick Saban literally has these kids in camps there and at the age of 10, and he's literally coaching them and developing them into exactly what he wants them to be. And 
how does he keep having really great recruiting classes? It's because he's building a relationship with these kids when they're like five. I mean, come on. But that's it's about relationships. You know, there, there's there's no no hate there. There's nothing illegal about that. And every everybody in this country wants to send their kid to Nick Saban's camp. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why would you not? I mean, you, you want to? I'm sorry. It's it's this simple. If, if I've got a son who is blessed to have the opportunity to play college football and Nick Saban's looking his way. Yeah, I'm doing that. (laughs) I'm, I'm on that boat. I will definitely do it. If I think my son has a chance to go to the league. Yeah, I'm doing that because also NIL is NIL baby. So if it doesn't pan out, he can pay a little money to go somewhere else. It just is what it is. But this specifically, the conversations that were had in the offseason about what we've already mentioned, man, Nick Saban's about to take a lot of hate out. And Alabama has not played really great these last couple weeks. <laughs> a lot of, I see a lot of pain in those eyes. And that pain is about to be unleashed at 8 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday. Well, again – it can get unleashed as far as it wants to go. I'm more interested in the other game that's going to be on a, a different network. Uh, unfortunately, it's on the ACC network. I thought it would be on a more premium network, but guess not. But uh, and it, I guess because these two teams are coming, both of these teams are coming off a loss. But I just find that exciting because last week I thought it was exciting when. Uh, when Wake Forest and uh, whoever they were playing uh, were, were coming off, or um, Florida State, f- yeah, yeah, Florida State, like when they were coming off of late. So that's why I want. It really was. So that's why I wanted to talk about Florida State going to North Carolina State, where and that's a night game, and North Carolina State is only a field goal favor as well. So that tells me that the time travelers are even thinking that okay, this could be a basically like a pick'em in a way. And yeah. normally, when you have like pick'em games, it's always, in my opinion, it's always best to favor the better quarterback. I'm a big Jordan Travis fan simply just because I saw what he did to the LSU Tigers, especially down the stretch, making those dime throws and basically having better perimeter th- or weapons, you know, uh, and obviously a much better defensive line. Uh, you know, Mike Norvell has the program humming. And even though they're just coming off a loss, they still, I mean, he's in much better position now than everyone thought he was going to be by this time during the preseason and even myself, even myself, me too. I thought, I, mean, I thought he was talking, I was really sitting here just thinking like, you know what, if he were to come back to Memphis, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure he would be welcomed with open arms. Like, it's just like, yeah, sure. Come on back. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, but I like mean, he has wine, like a fine wine, baby. Some things mm-hmm. just take time. Absolutely. But I mean, it, and now the, it's coming to fruition to where now it's time to really present that wine to everyone that you know and simply show what kind of a wonderfully graded product that you now have. And it, it, dude, it, it's rolling right now. Now, again, it, this game is going to be in Raleigh and they, they love their wolf pack and it's going to be rocking. Now they're running back. Uh, I believe his last name is like Sumo. Or so he's like a sophomore, but it's it's number zero. But he's an elite pass catching back, and I, I was really impressed what I saw when he was when they were playing. Um, this is North Carolina State when they were playing Texas Tech. And North Carolina State have an elite pass catching back. What? 
<laughs> no, not at all. What does that mean? But I mean, again, dude, I'm not a Devin Leary fan. This is I look. I'm favoring more towards a Jordan Travis. I'm actually picking Florida State to go into that hostile environment, go on the road. Um, you know, get the win. I don't know, Shane. I guess it's just because I'm feeling the uh, the uh, oh, quit stealing my talking oh, voice. I love the chop, baby. We love the chop, baby. Chop on. So, right now, I'm feeling the Seminoles, I'm feeling Florida State. How are you feeling about them? Man, I agree with you. Um, we we love a good chop. Um, and Alex, we, we trust. Job. Somebody I share my office with every day is a Florida State alum. Uh, so she would kill me if I picked against them. But even that aside, we love a good job. And Florida State, that game last week against Wake Forest was fun. It really that was. It was a fun game. And, I mean, for FSU fans out there, if anybody's listening, do not beat yourself about that. Wake Forest is a good team. I was I was saying that in the preseason. Wake Forest is a good football team. David Clawson's um, got them believing. And you know I, I'm not a Memphis Tigers fan, but we love my, we love Mike Norville. We do uh, Mike Norville. He's he's done a lot of great things, and I'm he's one of the situations I'm really happy because there for a second you kind of thought that. Mm, it's getting ugly. It's getting ugly fast. I'm starting to, you know, like they like they loved look, Willie Taggart look, and they got rid of Willie Taggart and you know, to look at houses in Atlanta. Starting to look at houses. Who's got a coordinator position open? Um, but that's what he's one of those situations that that's frustrating though. Was frustrating. It's nice to see it all coming together because for sure, uh, Mike Norvell is a great coach. Um, he absolutely is a fantastic coach. Um, what he was able to do with a Memphis program and the consistency that was there. And, you know, when you get a little spare time, why don't you uh, look up, you know, some of the players in the NFL under his time. Um, it's, it's, it's special. It's for really sure. special. So I am very happy for the success that Florida State's had. And I do understand that, you know, supposedly there's supposed to be an underdog here, but I like Florida State. Uh, Going to be tight going to be tight um and i have also have um some of my fantasy baseball guys are big north carolina and big north carolina state fans and i'm sorry guys i, I really am but i like florida state um i think that late game plays in their favor and i i like florida state by it's i mean obviously at least a field goal but it's going to be close it's going to be a one score game um, and I'm thinking that as well. It's going to go down to the wire, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it's a game I'm excited to watch, actually. I really yes. Think, like, like that. It's, see, doesn't that sound so much better than just another Alabama just thrashing sh- of – Slacking, uh, yes, it does. Yeah, like that sounds so much better and so much like – again, like I, I'm – I'm gonna watch. I'm probably gonna, Shane. I'm really realistically. The more that you talk about, it and the more that we talk about it, I'm probably gonna watch that game more than I watch Texas A&M Alabama. I'll obviously keep I, up, but that that sounds more fun to me. I know I will be watching that game more. The only thing that's gonna get me to flip the channel, um, you know, let's throw back WWE reference. Let's see anybody who knows 
if you know somebody announces Mick Foley's going to win the championship, it might get me to flip the channel over. But if I see some updates that um, and he won it, baby, right, right as they got it, he he won and it. And WCW never led in the ratings again. Never led the um, ratings. I really do. If I see some crazy update telling me that, um, that. Texas A&M is like leading in the fourth quarter. I'll flip that channel over. But other than that, I am excited about this game. Um, and I really do. I, I think still, I don't know why I, since Jimbo left, so many people would just continue to sleep on Florida state. I get it. They've had a shit run when it comes to head coaches, but FSU y- y'all made the right choice and kudos to you guys for giving Mike Norvell time. And I seriously, you, thank you for you staying could, with him. If you continue, I'm, we're sitting here talking about them like we're, you know, Florida State fans. It's it's not the case. It's just I, there's there's some coaches out there. I don't I I love the sport. I love the game. Right. I love college football, and there are just some coaches out there that I just I see something in. And Mike Norvell is definitely one of those guys, and I, and I think really and truly that them being patient with him, um, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off big time. Um, I like Florida State in this matchup, and I think they win. Like I said, it's going to be tight, but I like them by a field goal. Last thing before you get out of here, let's stick with the winning topic. Shane, October 6th, Thursday, Thirsty Thursday. We are – it seems like our podcast is much more entertaining than this shit Thursday night game. I will what's tell the, you that. What's it, the score of that game right now? I, it on, is six I? to six with, I guess, what was it, three and a half minutes left to go? So, yes, our conversation has significantly be better than, unfortunately, the listeners probably have to listen when they're watching this game. It's we, I'm so sorry should, that you. We, we should have been live. We should have been live on Amazon Prime. I'll, I'll definitely make sure to DM about that. But uh, right now, give me a Heisman winner. Give me a national championship matchup and a national championship winner right now. Man, I'm not going to lie to you. I forgot about this as a talking point. But Oh, even better. Like, all right. Like, so this <laughs> right is on the spot. It's a hot, hot take. Ring light and everything. What, what, what we got, man? <laughs> I... Heisman Trophy Ceremony. I see three people sitting there. I see CJ Shroud. I see Caleb Williams. Okay. And I see the guy who should win the Heisman Trophy. Put some respect on his name, Hendon Hooker. You said okay, all right. You you get one as well. So Tennessee is your one on this podcast. Let that be known. LSU's my one. Uh, Tennessee is his one. All right, that's good to know. It's it's funny if that's the case. Like for the USC, or I'm sorry, for the Tennessee love because we put a USC player in there. I find that a little peculiar, sir. You're uh. What's really crazy to me though is if we were having we were doing this last year. That would have been totally just erroneous. Another word I used again in ten minutes. That would have been erroneous on all counts. That I said. Hey, that hey if you hate if body. you hate our podcast, you can at least walk away going, you know what? I learned something. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. But I, I'm serious. Like this is. I don't care about the bias. Hendon Hooker, you, you gotta love the guy. It's rolling. Like, it's it's looking like, good. I, I'm, 
I know, I know, I'm playing your tigers. I know we're playing your tigers this weekend, but Hendon Hooker just, my goodness, his ability. Like, I'm telling you this right now. Like, I can easily see him being the type of guy who could play on Sundays. I'm not saying it's going to be instant, but he's just special. And what you know what I love about Hendon Hooker the most. The, the fact that he could oh. score more points than what we're seeing on the Amazon Prime right now in one quarter than than the whole what what the end of the third like the fact that they can actually put up points so yeah I mean you're right I mean he, he the NFL valid could definitely point. use him valid point but it's it's his toughness that guy can literally oh. get knocked on his ass. And above the and, shoulders too, like the, you know that that mental toughness that he's got, especially the fact that again another transfer, like it, like Shane, you're right, like just the toughness all around for that man. It's just a it, it's there. He came in, competed, and was deemed second string, and still okay, you know, and really cool relationship he, he and Joe Milton have. Like that's awesome you see stuff. it for sure. Like I mean, it really is. It's and it's known. It's known. Joe Milton gets excited fans. when you see Hen and Hooker come over to the sideline. I've seen it. It's it. There's a true camaraderie they, there. They genuinely love each other. Like you're talking about, like brothers. And that's it awesome. Is, it's just it's really cool to see that. Um, and I think that even more speaks to the character of Hen and Hooker that you don't have this jackass showboating guy who's like, ha ha, be like it's. They make each other better every single day. And I think that, you know, if Hendon Hooker was on this episode, he would tell you the same thing. Like, he has to, you know, give a lot of his success to Joe Milton. Um, but I, I'm serious. Like, I, it's call it bias, call it what you want. I'm not going to sit here and truly say, like, Hendon Hooker is going to win the Heisman. But it is so easy, like, not even blurred vision for me to see him sitting in one of those three chairs when that yeah. night comes. Especially if Tennessee really wins at least 10 games and, you know, he's got some really big-time numbers, especially if he throws about, you know, 30 to 35 touchdowns, maybe even more. I mean, that offense is fast, fast. They rely on those big plays, especially if they beat a few, you know, teams that, you know, even though they, they're ranked, they're not supposed to beat them. You know, it could happen. So, with that with with that being the Heisman impl- you know, influence, does that also influence the bigger game as well? I love my Vols. I most definitely do. Um, and I do what well, I think all of us, like I've already said, we're guilty of the expectations. Well, we're guilty of saying things with our heart, not our head. I love my Vols, but I'm also not an idiot. This is not our national championship here, and I would love to be wrong about this. If I'm wrong, hallelujah. But Who gives a shit if we're right or wrong, Shane? We're, we're supposed to be entertaining. Who cares? <laughs> I will tell you this. Um, I, I am uh, putting a cup full of this goodness that you'll see the Tennessee Volunteers in a New Year's Eve Six Bowl. You will see Oh, that. for sure. But, God, this hurts. I see Alabama and Ohio State, and I see Alabama being your national champions. So lackluster, not fun, not hot, not sexy. But my Lord, Nick Saban just has the ability to, in all situations, just 
take chicken shit and turn it into chicken salad. The guy implement his process, stick with the process, and it eventually comes to fruition what he's talked about during the process. And Ohio State, it just seems as though if you're a top three, top five receiver in the entire country as a recruit coming in, like it seems like most of them, if not all of them, are all going to Ohio State. And, you know, it just – yeah, I mean, C.J. Stroud. So the, I'll agree with you on the national championship game with Alabama winning, but my Heisman winner is C.J. Stroud. Just, I mean, he kind of fell off a little bit there for a little bit, especially that he wasn't playing. And I thought – I've got Stiqu- him in a chair. I've got him well, in a chair there. Yeah, you, you got him there, but it's it's it's, it's ridiculous mm. because um, you know I, I was thinking us to Quavius Bennett. You know he could definitely take the next step, especially with how you know now that Georgia's offense offense was basically the main heavyweight instead of their defense. But obviously, with that little bit of a scare with Missouri last week, I had to bump Stequavius down and kind of actually bump C.J. Stroud up because it's just Ohio State is just demolishing people. It's thankfully, you know, you know, it's really crazy though. And again, shame on me for the arrogance and faith and love in my Tennessee Vols who have been just emotionally destroying me for 30 years. But I think that both of these things we're discussing the Heisman Trophy, the national championship, who makes that final four, who inevitably becomes that championship game and becomes the champions it really will be impacted by two teams performances against tennessee you know i i intentionally with georgia and alabama right i i 100 do I, I mean and i mean okay like i georgia like i mean it's it's I, I obviously I live right outside of Atlanta. I live directly between Atlanta and Athens. I and I work in Atlanta right now. Um, I I have worked in Athens. I've had UGA players live at one of the assets that I manage. Um, and it is it is hard working in Athens being a Tennessee fan. It is tough. But I I will say this. Um, you know, and, and call this my signing off. UGA. Two weeks ago, I thought you were an unstoppable monster. I really did. Um, but as a friend of mine who I was talking to last night, I, I still think you are a monster. But you've been smelling yourself way too much. Y- you bought into the preseason hype. And I think that UGA's performance against Tennessee, I- I'm not trying to hype my team up too much. UGA's performance against Tennessee – and Alabama's performance against Tennessee will have huge implications on who those three people are sitting at the Heisman Trophy ceremony and who those four teams are, if not those two teams are who are in the Final Four who become the two teams who play for the national championship. I truly believe that. Well, that's kind of the way that it's starting to set up, and that's why we're having the expansion talk, and that's also why that there's urgency, Shane, to have it, the expansion happen before the anticipated year. But we can have a whole – we have a bunch of podcasts that we have to do because we have a whole other uh, bu- bunch of other stuff that we need to talk about. I know that you have to get going. I have to get going. I want to thank you, Shane, for coming on the platform, hanging out, 
kind of just going over the games, getting us excited about the games. I can honestly say you've been the longest guest that we've had for ball, ball and barrel. It needed to happen. It really needed to happen. Just the, that's just the way that it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Again, if you can at least walk away with this going just like, you know what? I learned something. Like, may not know much, but, you know, I learned something there. And boys, I want to thank you girls, for thinking. It's going to be a long episode. Listen to it in two parts if you have to. I, for sure. I have an hour commute to work. You can listen to it in two ways. There's no shame in that. But, Dylan, I, I truly appreciate you inviting me on here. I have absolutely enjoyed this, and I look forward to any opportunity that you extend going forward. I truly do. I really appreciate that, Shane. But, ladies and gentlemen, as always, subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Follow us on the socials. Hit us up in the DMs if you have a question about your team or something that you want us to talk about. Please keep sharing the love. And please keep listening. We thank you. And, of course, go Tigers! Go Vols, baby!